Welcome to the Random Ask Podcast. If you couldn't tell by the name, this is a podcast where we bring on random guests, we ask them random questions, we try and learn a little bit. We have local people that know what they're doing and are masters in their fields, and we try and just have a little fun while we're trying to get a little educated. I'm Taj Sander, a local realtor with Royal LePage Westman Realty. I meet a lot of cool people in real estate. I sell good houses, I buy good houses, let's get into it. Joining me for today's episode, we've got local legend Arjun Singh. Arjun and I have been family friends for since I was a kid, but it's been a long time since we've sat down to chat, so this is going to be a good one. Thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks, Ads. Thanks for having me. Man, I'm excited to have you in and just kind of chat about everything, it seems like. Um, let's start with like who you are and how you got into this role. Oh, sure. Uh I'm going to be 61 years old this year. I was a mailman in Vancouver for seven years, moved up here with my wife, who was born and raised here in 95, and raised my three children here. And I was a mailman here for another 24 years. And I think just being a community-minded person, um, I, took my, I took my neighborhoods where I delivered mail as, as my own, um, whether just like it would be my block, I would, I would worry about the residents and their well-being and and take care of a stray dog or someone left their keys in their door or a car's not running. And it was just natural to be that uh, person that assists in every way I could. And it just uh, resonated into sports for my children. I ended up coaching soccer and then being on the Norbrock soccer. And then one day my wife said, you know what, you don't know the city that well. Um, why don't you join the social planning council? They've got a, um, an opening. And I applied for that, a, a volunteer position with the city of Kamloops and just see what agencies do what. And, and that was a real eye-opener. And then it sort of went on the back burner for the next nine, ten years of my career at Canada Post, and the by-election came on. And uh, my family's always telling me at dinner times, well, if you know so much, why don't you run for council? Well, if you got all the answers, why don't you run for council? And for the longest time, it was just a, a standing joke at dinner at our dinner conversations. And then that by-election came, and I said, you know what? And talking to the family and my friends, and they said, Put your name for it. See, see what, see what happens, and uh, that's where it all started. Nice. So you won in the first first time that you in the by election. I there's two seats open because the mayor had stepped up. Um, Peter had stepped up to become an MLA. Yeah. And so the mayor seat was open, and Ken gave up his council seat to run for mayor. Yeah. And unfortunately, Marge Spina had passed away the year earlier, so that seat was open. So they had a by election, and in the by election, our my campaign team and my family's uh, team. Um, mandate was if there's 21 people put their name forward for two seats and we determined that if we could finish in the top seven to ten we might have a good chance in the um, civic election of 2018 and I came in fifth and this is just coming out of the blue a mailman on the Brocklers North Shore yep you know I didn't have a lot of contacts in Juniper Aberdeen and and places like that and uh, it showed in that election and top five I said you know what I might have something here Nice. That's okay. There's a couple things there. I'm pumped that you're only 61 uh, <laughs> because that leaves a lot of room for you to grow and still contribute back to our city. But the one thing that I absolutely love about you is that every time somebody needs something, I feel like even in the city or something, they're just people will, I feel like they'll just call you and you'll take care of it. 
Well, like, I don't know it, if I can take it. As much as you can. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's where I like to clear it up. Yeah. I, I think a council's role, in my opinion, is you've elected by the people. They have a concern, an issue, good, bad, or ugly. They should be able to phone um, the department if they don't get an answer. Or maybe they don't even know who to phone. Their contact person, because they voted for you or not, is you're their contact person. So they phone you. You either tell them, um, direct them in the agency or the department they need to get a hold of. And I always say, look, if you don't get a satisfactory answer, you don't feel you've been heard, let me know. Or they just want to be heard. Uh, yeah. Five of the 10 phone calls are just, they want someone to listen to their concerns. And, and they might they might even realize that I can't do nothing for them, either could the city, but they want to know, they want you to know that this is bugging them. Yeah. And and, and you listen to them and, and it's just like, I would maybe have a concern about a pothole on the way home and saying, Jesus, like city staff must drive by this pothole every day. How come they don't just phone it in and fix it? Well, so do I. Do I pull over and phone the city? No. By the time I get home, I forget about it. Yeah. So I, I got a few things that we'll discuss <laughs> later that yep. I'm concerned about. Okay. And, uh, but it's just, it's crazy now um, in the city. There's, it's like we've expanded so much in the past few years and there's growing pains, right? And that's kind of what we've seen. And that's what I tell like my clients too is, you know, Kamloops went from that kind of small town feel yes. and it's a city now. And it happened very quickly. And I don't know, I don't think we were prepared for it. I don't think anybody was prepared no. for it. No, and we're just trying to play catch up now. But you guys catch a lot of grief. <laughs> we do. We do. And there's, there's more to that as well. It's just not that we're growing. If you look in, since the pandemic started at the end of 2019, uh, probably beginning of 2020, um, then we had the floods and the fires it, it, on top of that. So you look at the evacuations from Williams Lake all through the north, um, coming here in evacuation times. Um, some of those people that had a job there didn't have a job to go back to, those, so they stayed here, looked for employment here. But also, you also got to look at the demographics of the homeless people or the mental health and addicted uh, addiction individuals that came from those communities. They had nowhere to go back to. Um, the camps that they had on the riverbanks of these communities are gone. They, they were, the trees, the shelters were burnt. And to them, Camus is a big city. Uh, if you compare the Williams Lakes, uh, Little Forts, Clearwaters, this is a big city, the, 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 big, the big city lights. There's more services here. Is that good or bad? Um, I think as a society, you, you have to take care of your less fortunate. That's just human nature. So you, you throw in layers and layers of, of, of uh, negative mother nature events from fires, smoke, flooding. We're the, we're the centerpiece of taking people in, even last year from Merritt. It's, it's a drain on, not a drain, it's a pressure on our hospital it's a pressure on our doctors. It's a pressure on our first responders. Everybody that came from all the surrounding areas areas still needed medical care, still needed med uh, attention from uh, mental health and addiction, still needed to somehow, if they're addicted, find drugs. And, yeah. and to supply, how are they gonna buy those drugs? So we don't have a gate where we could have closed everybody off or vetted who's coming in on the bus for merit. Is there, is there unsavory characters on there? We don't have the capability, and nor do we know how, and nor do we have the power to do that. That, that in itself, our economy, our housing, our jobs are on a pace. We're breaking records. But we also, in the pandemic era, um, also attracted other communities, uh, individuals that are putting a drain on our community. 
I was going to save this for later, but I'm going to get into it. And I, I tried to be neutral and compassionate for quite some time and not really give it, like, feed into the negativity. I don't like having negativity in my life, and I don't want to be, you know, getting sucked into this. But I've reached a breaking point. Um, my vehicle has been broken into three times in my driveway in the last eight months, and it happened again on Sunday morning. Um and the guy just broke two of my windows. No reason. Uh, I chased him down. Um, not Nothing violent occurred. I was on the phone with the police. And it was extremely frustrating to me because, one, I am my property is being vandalized. The police, they were on the line with me um, for nine minutes. And then for another four minutes, I followed this guy. There was no police response. The police were literally 800 meters away from my house. I live in Valley View, and they were there was two cruisers at a McDonald's, and I had to go to them, and I said, hey, what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh, yeah, we heard the call. We're on it. And I, to me, I'm thinking, are you? And I asked them that, and I said, I just chased the guy. He just ran that way. Why don't you go get him? And then they turn on the lights and go. Um, it's, it's insane to me that we are, like, I'm a taxpayer, right? What are we paying for? that's that's how i feel right and i've and i don't want to feed into it but i know after i made a post because i'm in a valley view group chat i made a post on the chat and then all of a sudden all these other people start piping up and there there's a lot of anger and a lot of frustration in the community and what do you what do you tell people like me who right now again like i i'm being hit time and time again and now i don't know what to do and i get no protection and, you know, that's unfortunate. I'm really sorry to hear that. But, and I've been hearing that as well as you have throughout the probably the last two years, more and more. Yeah. And we've got Superintendent Sid Leckie come before us numerous times and we yep. ask him the same question. I've proposed more boots on the ground. Um, I've reached out to him saying, look, people have been phoning me saying um, the police are too busy or they've gone to a break and enter and saying there's no point uh, moving forward on this. Nothing's going to happen to the individual. That's troubling um, because the more and more that gets out in the public, if you're hearing it on your Facebook page, the criminals also have Facebook. The criminals also have social media. So when they see a green light, when they see an opening that nothing's going to happen to us, they're going to get more braver. And and so when city council um, gets a reply from the superintendent, it's usually if we pick them up, nothing's going to happen to them. They're gonna. They're, we we're not gonna be able to. If we charge them, there's no judge in this city that's gonna put him in jail or sentence him. So by the time we do paperwork, he's already out on the street. Our reply, my reply specifically, is well, there's got to be some type of consequences for his actions. So whether you pick him up and throw him in jail for for a night um, is a consequence. But if you just don't do anything. They're going to, it's going to get a pandemic. And that's what we're seeing on our street right now. There's prolific offenders. And you probably heard uh, the provincial minister saying he's going to do another study on it. Out of our homeless people in our city, um, they're saying there's 200 homeless people. Not all all homeless people are criminals and not all criminals are homeless. But there's probably 10 to 20 of them that are prolific offenders. They will actually break your window for the most minute thing that's worth the value to sell for drugs where a homeless person will just be an opportunist to survive. He's in survival mode. So if you leave your window open or you leave something on your hood of your car or something in your yard and the gates open, he's going to take it to survive. 
where a criminal who's got mental health and addiction problems, he's going to actually break something and steal something for the sake of getting his next fix. That's, that's the, the gray area we've been told by our, by our police force that there's no, there's no accountability from the court system to charge those people. So it's just a revolving door. So even if they do get charged, even, even if that person would have got picked up that night, which I wish they would have. And it troubles me to see a police officer sitting at a McDonald's and hearing the call and, and still having a happy meal. That, yeah. To me, that, that's, not, that's wrong. Yeah. You, you've got a call. Let's go answer the call. You are the taxpayer. Yeah. We just put a funding request in and we approved it for, for 25 more officers in the next 5, 10 years. Well, there's no point having officers if they're not going to do anything. Yeah. So we we got to we got to tell uh, show our taxpayers that it's money well spent. These are systemic issues and I feel like if you're not handling it now when you get more people you're not going to handle it then. But the thing that really pisses me off is that because these people have nothing to lose, they're they're held to a different standard of the law than I would be because I have more to lose. So now if yeah. I was going to go if I, I had this guy in front of me and I couldn't put my hands on him nope. because you know what? I have to hold myself to a higher degree because the law is in, unequal in this country. Right. That's a fucking joke. No, and I, I totally agree with you. Um, there was an incident on the North Shore, a uh, person leaning on a business owner's car. He asked him to leave, and he wouldn't leave. He was telling him to F off and do what you want. He goes, this this public property. The business, business owner actually said, no, it's my property. Just get off my truck. It's a brand-new $80,000 truck. Come on, what are you going to do about it? So the business guy, frustration. He's had his place broken into. He's had multiple attempts to break into his. So he went up and grabbed the guy by the collar to push him off his truck, and the guy fell on the ground. Someone was videoing it, uh, called the police. The police looked at the video and came into the business owner's store and handcuffed him and charged him with assault without even getting his um, input or, or, or his side of the story. And that's unfortunate. That uh, To me, and, and I, I agree with you, the... The well-being, when I first got elected, the well-being of people with a mental health and addiction was overriding factor of the well-being of our community. Yep. Now the well-being of our criminal element, of prolific offenders, no matter how much the police say they, they, their hands are tied, everybody that has the power to do something is giving them a green light over the safety of our residents. And that pendulum has shifted so far in my opinion, I'm worried, just like you mentioned, that one of these times someone's going to wake up in the middle of the night and, and, and at their house and go to take a piss or something and look out the window and seeing someone rummaging through the car, they're going to go and beat the crap out of that guy. And that guy and the homeowner's going to get charged, and that's when that fuse is going to get lit. Yep. Um, I, I personally would back the homeowner. I yep. really would. Yep. Um, but how, how is that going to get played out? A bleeding heart is, is only good for so long right now in my community, my compassion, and I'm a city councilor, I see both sides of the coin, my compassion is gone. I, I don't know who is going to break into my car tonight. Is it that guy standing on the island asking for money? And at night, is he going breaking in cars? How else is he supplementing his income? Is the guy that we know threw a rock through a window going to throw a rock through my window? Is Kyle, the homeless guy on the North Shore with his pants down by his knees, who gets free food and stuff from all the businesses, then he goes steals from those businesses. That's where everybody's compassion just gets lost. Yeah, we can't discern the difference, like you said, now between the 
prolific offenders and the people just trying to survive. And I don't want to. I don't want to take the time and energy and I just lump them all together. Exactly. That's the guy that broke into my truck. And yep. I walk around the streets with a look of disgust now. And it, it bothers me that it's gotten to that point because it's not in my nature to be that person. Yes. But the lack of response is there. And it's, it's frustrating, right? Because now, not only that, but like... How the hell can I see a police officer and call him sir or ma'am? How am I going to respect these people? And th and that's where the public's got to come out and put more pressure. Uh, uh, we we don't we pay the police, but we can't tell them how to do their job, right? Yeah. But we can put pressure on them. So, like I said, so numerous times in council, I've asked, can we put more boots on the ground? And for numerous reasons, whether it's a wildfires or doing security in the flooding communities, our members are, are dispatched to other communities to look after. So we're always short staffed to begin with. Now we're losing more members for other issues. We're never at that point where, yes, Council Sarai, we're going to have boots on the ground to show our business community downtown on North Shore that we have your back. What And the pandemic also magnified where the business community was suffering. You didn't have a lot of people walking downtown the homeless population in the background was more visible. Now that you just notice it now, there's more people walking downtown. There's still homeless people here. There's still people begging for money or, or, or smoke, but they're, they're, they're more in the background now because you've got residents in front of them going about their daily routine. And that makes a big difference. Is that going to help? I think more eyes and ears, um, walking, cycling, driving is going to deter some of this behavior. It's at night and, and at that opportunist when we're not around, when these people have, have that bravery and, and they go out and do their things. Like, what do they get for breaking a window? They, you got to pay a deductible now. Um, yeah. The police are going to say, even if you got them numerous times, people have their security cameras. They see the guy do it. They know who it is. They know who it is. <laughs> and the police are going, what? And we get told there's no judge that's going to put him in jail for breaking a window. But, like, it, this is the crazy thing to me. It, breaking one window, okay. But when they break a thousand windows. That, like, that's, still, that's jail. That, in my opinion, breaking nine, breaking more than one. Repeat he, offenders? He needs, he needs consequences for his actions or his actions will just get, they'll increase. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's where I worry now is we are at the point, okay, it's cars today. Yep. It's houses tomorrow. Definitely. You're, you're blind if you don't think so. It's already businesses. It's already businesses, yep. right? Yep. So, like, what's the next progression in the criminal element in our city, right? Is someone's going to someone's gonna take law into their own hands because they're happens? not getting the protection that they believe they should. Bill, what happens when someone's in your house and you, you defend yourself, right? Now you're going to have a much bigger issue. And then what? They're going to backtrack? How's the police going to backtrack from that? All I can say, if, and this is, I'm, I'm not endorsing or condoning, but if I found someone in my house or, or in my car, um, I don't know what I would do. I'm being totally honest. Adrenaline kicks in. Yeah, what state of mind you are in? Did you just get woken up? Are you startled? Are you scared? Are you protecting your family? My number one um, uh, goal or, or, or uh, duty um, as a father, as a husband, is protect my loved ones. Uh, that's my number one material stuff can come and go, but how do I know what his, what the intruder's intent is? And that's where, uh, if things go sideways, then I got to defend my actions. Why did I do what I did?
Bill, I'll tell you, the guy broke into my truck. Immediately, I grabbed something um, yep. that I could use as a weapon, yep. and I put on my shoes, and I chased him. I was on the phone with the RCMP. Had I caught this guy probably in the first three to four minutes yeah. of who, that time, who knows? I don't know what I would have yeah. done. Yeah. I was on the phone with the RCMP for about nine minutes thinking, when I found him. Thinking and they're coming. Thinking they're coming. Yeah. And then at that ninth minute, I turned off the phone because I, I was he was immediately in front of me within 10 feet. Right. At that time, I thought, okay. Do I go for it? Yeah. But I had that thought in my mind. What happens? And if. I I realized, hey, I was just on the phone with the RCMP. Right. I have a weapon in my hand. Yeah. This is going to show that I had motive and this is premeditated. And then there there's going to be a case against me. Yeah. So I just followed him. Yeah. Right? And and that's a good, you know, I'm glad you did that. Because if you look back at the case I was on the, on, on the North Shore where uh, the, the, the uh, young uh, boy, Mr. Simpson, was tragically uh, injured. Yeah. That, that is a perfect example of an individual protecting his, uh, thinking he was protecting his home. He had been broken into uh, a couple of weekends earlier, and he was on the phone telling the police, like, if you don't effing do something, I'm going gonna, uh, gonna to kill somebody or I'm going to break someone's leg. And then a week later, he takes a baseball bat and, and in his adrenaline, whatever, he, yeah. he did, what he did was wrong. And, but when you snap, you don't think but, straight. But that wasn't what, what cost him his freedom. What cost him his freedom, from what I heard from the from the law society uh, that are in the in, in the in the in the system, is because he threatened to do this prior to two three weeks earlier. He's phoning the police saying, "If you don't do something, I'm going to do this this and this." Yeah. So when he did do this this and this, they had his recordings from earlier calls, yeah. and that's what really um, sort of sealed his fate, which is unfortunate. Um, on your case. My advice to you, and I know you know you're. I would be frustrated, is you need to make a call to the superintendent of police, and say, can you explain this? They've got everything. When the call went in, who looked at it? What did they do about it? What yeah. was the report? They'll get back to you and tell you the good, bad, and the ugly. And if you're still not satisfied, email city council and the mayor, and we will take it further because I think I've heard this too many times to think it's a one-off. Yeah. And I've heard it a lot of times the police will go to a business and say, there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. The Jamaican kitchen was a perfect example. They told the police officer, there's people sitting in the back of my restaurant. I got broken into two nights ago. They're drinking Jamaican beer that only I sell in the city. Nobody else does. They told me who, sell, who sold them the beer. Yeah. I've got a name. And made the phone call and nobody came to talk to him. So she went to the community policing station to make another complaint and that same officer came out and she said, I was trying to call you, like I've got a name. He goes, you know what, there's nothing really gonna happen. There's not much we can do, just leave it alone. That's frustration. The last time my truck was broken into, this is exactly what happened. I was pissed and they stole stuff from me that time. Um, and one of the things was a face mask. And it was a very specific face mask because it was like a streetwear brand and it was not something very common. Right. And I bought it online and I still had the invoice and the receipt online. And again, I live in Valley View and I'm in that strip on the shell and I see somebody wearing the face mask that day, that night. Yeah. And I'm like, huh. And lo and behold, like, there is a cop that drives by, so I try and chase that cop down. And I, th if you need cops in Valley View, they're usually at that McDonald's or like the motels beside there. And so I stopped at a, a motel beside there and I explained to a cop. I said, hey, 
this guy has my possession. It was recently stolen from my truck. What can what can I do about it? And he's like, oh, there's nothing we can do. There's no way to prove it. And I explained to him, yes, there is a way to prove it. Mm. And he's like, uh, still, it's it's not enough. And then at that point, I'm like, yeah, like what do you what well, do you do? And and then that's part of the thing when I talked about that pendulum earlier. Yeah. And I'm not. I, I totally get your frustration. The police have so the pendulum for them has changed too. They just can't stop anybody and, and just ask for Like uh, when I first got elected, I said the, the individuals on, that are on mountain bikes at four or five in the morning with a backpack on a hood on, they're not out giving out resumes. So <laughs> why can't you stop them? And they go, we have no right to do that against a charter freedom, charter freedom. And I said, okay, well, they don't have a helmet on. So you need a helmet on. at least stop them for that. And if you see break and enter tools falling out of their backpack, or if you check their ID and you've got it in your little notebook, and then an hour later you get a call of a someone woke up and saw their shed broken into, their house was broken into, and they got a camera, and they give you the description of someone that you just stopped an hour ago, you've, you can piece two and two together. But you just can't say, well, we don't have the rights to do it. They, The individuals on the street, whether it's me or you or a criminal, has more rights now than they did five, 10 years ago. The police need just cause just to talk to you. And and that, I'm not defending them, but yeah. is, is it the same response we got? If me and you open a beer downtown at Riverside Park, they're gonna be there in five minutes because someone's gonna phone in and we're gonna get a 50 to $500 fine because you said earlier, and I agree with you, we are capable of paying that fine. We are, we are law-abiding citizens that broke the law. They don't, but at the at that point where the police isn't here to actually police and protect us, but to generate income, then you know what they're not doing their job, in my opinion, and no, I've and, lost all respect for them. And that's a lot. And you echo a lot of sentiment in our business community and our residents. They feel the same way. And I look back at at history, and not that I condone this, but you know what, the mafia was born out of this in Italy yep. because. They didn't have the any faith in their protection yep, yep. or the government. So they paid to get protection. So they paid to get protection. Is that where we're going? Is that what no. the, are you trying to create a subsection of like a criminal yeah. enterprise that will protect us? Yeah. Like, cause like, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not a genius. I don't really understand yeah. everything, but like a vigilantism is going to lead to that point because the people like me. I don't want to jeopardize no. my your future. future. Yep. So you know what? If it was the case, I would pay somebody cash. Like, hey, go handle it. If I knew how to. Yeah. If that was an option at this point, yes, for sure. And, right. And, and part of that is that's why you see so many security companies, individuals in our town. Um, I'm on the Silga board with 38 yeah. other communities in Southern Interior. That's one of the fastest growing industries throughout BC, throughout yeah. Canada, is private security. For this reason, yeah. that the police can't be everywhere, and when they are called upon, nothing's happening. So basically, they're not taken into their own hand physically. They're getting that extra layer of protection, which costs them money, which in turn will be passed on to the customer. Yeah. Are they getting that layer of security that is wrapped around and it's complete? No, it's not. No. Even the security company's hands are tied to what they can do. They're at the mercy of phoning 911 as well when they're... Um, employee is threatened and it all comes back to how much can the police do and 
how come they're not doing more? And that's going to be a great question I've been asking for years, and I keep getting told that they're doing as much as they're allowed to do. That's that's exactly what I think, though, too, is if, if they're protecting these criminals, then you know what? There's going to be other criminals that are going to be better off to protect. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, it, it's, it's frustrating. There's no... <sighs> but Bill, you know what? I definitely get why people call you to vet because I was getting pretty fired up. And after talking to you, like yeah. I get it. <laughs> no, but I, de- I would definitely, I would definitely email or phone uh, the detachment and ask why this wasn't looked at. It's, it's, it's your right. You're paying taxes for that service and get them to answer your, your question. Say, this is a night it happened. Here's my file number. Yeah. Why did this not get followed up on like it could have? And I could have retrieved my stuff and you could have got a, a guy that was breaking windows off the street. Yeah. You deserve that answer. Yeah. I, it's get, like The problem is that the time and effort that that's going to take for the answer that I know isn't really going to be worthy is, is hard because I have... I got a lot of stuff on the go. <laughs> then, then you know what? Send me your file number yeah. and the date it happened, okay. and I'll forward it to Superintendent Lecking and see if he yeah. has time to answer that, or if not him, then somebody in the attachment. I think I think it. I would like to know. Do you have his email? If you have his email, I'll fire it off to him. I got his email. I'll do it. Yeah, because it, it's going to be the same amount of effort. For yeah, me fire off yeah. the email, and he, that's his job to answer your question. Okay. He, he's a superintendent of the safety of the well-being of our our citizens. What happened here? Hmm. That's good. Um, once I get his email, he'll probably hear a lot from me. I hope so. Yeah, in my community where we are, we're we're not um, we're not contracting out the mafia. Yet. No, um, no. <laughs> we got we're looking into doing uh, private security. No, and well. I and I talked to Lynn Vickers out there quite a yeah. bit. Uh, community and and there's changes happening in every corner of our city, and most of them uh, because of of what's coming down the housing and the shelters. It, it's it. And I've said it when I first announced I'm running in about three weeks ago that I, and I'll say it again, I'll say it every day till the election or till I see a change. I can't support any more shelters, new shelters, until we get the handle on the ones that are here. And when they say wraparound services, um, everybody bought into, oh, they're going to have, you know, first aid people on board. They're going to have this and security. All I see is wraparound services at the number of hundreds of uh, calls for police, fire and ambulance. Wraparound services in our shelter right now are 911. Yeah. And that's not what we were told. And that is not fair to the rest of the citizens um, that are losing their first responders. So when they're calling, they're getting put on hold. Not to say that people in shelters are not um, uh, uh, qualified or don't deserve the same first aid treatment. They do. But we're getting told that approve this shelter and we've got wraparound services. Even your 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 workers there are not trained to do naloxone, and you have to call the fire department to do it. That's not wraparound services. Our cities shouldn't be depleting its resources completely for that. Like it's just it's out of hand. And it, it, like I look back because again I grew up in the in the city when it was a small town vibe, and you know what we had homeless people. But like we used to know everybody. Yeah. Like I used to, we used to go out and we'd yeah. be like, "Oh, here it's this person, or here's yeah. this person," and we knew them on a first name basis. And that, I, that, I look around, I don't know any no. of these people. And that homeless person respected his community because yeah. he's usually from here, yeah. and he and he had some roots and he had some connections here. And we so would he wouldn't them. piss in your yeah. door or shit in your. But th- now you're you're absolutely right. But back to, um, and I brought it up. How do you stop? Just like we have four highways coming into our town, how do you stop? people coming into this town um, 
and and living on their riverbank, we, we don't have the mechanism nor the right to stop them from coming into our town. And and also, I'm you know being a counselor, you you see more of the picture. The fishbowl gets bigger and bigger. The the sad part, Tajis, is there's lots of families, single individuals in our city right now that are probably one paycheck away that are living in basement suites at a reasonable rent. If they lose their job or if that house gets demolished, they could be homeless. So back to that thing, not all homeless people are criminals, no. but it, it's getting so hard for the compassion. You said it perfectly. I don't know. I can't distinguish who to help and who not to help no more. Nope. So I basically don't help anybody. But you know what? The thing that pisses me off the most is that's going to make us lose our identity. Kamloops wasn't like that. Our people weren't like that, but they're going to be like that. They're, they're not going to care anymore. Yeah. But it's just not Kamloops. It's every community. That's what I'm yeah. elected here. So I got to, yeah. I care I about I Kamloops, that. but I got a daughter in Prince George and I got, I'm on the council for Silga, Vern and Penticton, in Kelowna. Absolutely. They're all dealing with the exact same issues. So when I say we're trying to get the provincial government on board to do more for de detox and recovery and consequences, we're asking Ottawa to do more for prolific offenders. What we have to realize is we're in line of, 200 other communities asking for the same thing. If it was just Kamloops and nothing's happening, I'd be the first one to say, wow, what a, this council is not doing anything. We're useless. Yeah. You know, I don't know why I took this job. Um, th that's not the case. So we're in line yelling as loud as we can over other communities who are yelling again over us at the next week. And then we're yelling over them to say, come yeah. give us help. And then they, they tell us we can build you a brand new detox center we don't have staff to run it. We can build you a brand new recovery center out in Rayleigh and Nutsford, state of the art, but we don't have any staff to run a, a, a counseling. They're not coming out of university or nursing station quick enough. And the provincial government on an off topic, they just increased the nursing beds at TRU. If your son or daughter was a nurse, my son and daughter told me, I go, if you were uh, became a nurse, would you work? on the street or would you work at the new billion dollar hospital? Nine out of 10, they're going to work at the hospital, yeah. not on the street level. And the ones that do decide that have decided to work with the street people only last about six months to a year because their compassion runs out because they see the same person they tried to help this week disappear for a week thinking they're on track to get better. And a week later they're back on the street because there's a gap in the system that they fell through again. That's where we and 300 other communities are at right now. Oh, man, I don't, if I had an answer as a counselor or, or our counsel, would we not, and this is where I, I tell the people that the naysayers are, or, or this council is useless and they don't, do you not think if there is a place that we could go to and access help and it doesn't come to us because someone else got it, we would be yelling, Hey, what's going on here? Yeah. What about us? Yeah. We're not there yet. No. Damn. Well, you okay. I think that's enough for for that portion of our talk. But okay. like, what what do you think are the other issues that city council needs to be aware of in Kamloops or like moving forward? Like, what what are the other things? I know that's the biggest elephant in the room because that's everything everyone's talking about these days. But what else besides? That well, and, and, and you're right; they're talking about it, but that shouldn't define what a city council does. But, the more people that get um, uh, informed, and, and I'll just well, I'll finish on this. The more people that are informed on what the city's 
roles are in mental health and addiction and homeless and the policing, attorney general and the courts, the more they get informed that that's not city council's role. Yeah. The more I, the opportunity you have to tell them, they come away going, I, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, because we're the closest elected official to the ground, yeah. to your to your residents, it's always on us to be blamed for it, but the, it's also on us to explain what our roles are. And once we explain our roles, it becomes clear, and the residents that I've talked to go away thinking, wow, Council Sorry, thanks for explaining that. I didn't know yeah. that, that that was this agency. I didn't know that was this government. Aren't, it's, are, so I'm going to yeah, it's similar to how we look at the homeless people and we can't discern the difference between the prolific right. offenders yeah. and, and, the, the and the people that are actually just yeah. homeless, homeless trying to survive. Same thing. When we look at you, we can't discern the difference between city council and the rest of the government and the yeah. bureaucracy, right? Exactly. Like it's, it's the, it's the same idea, right? And, and, and that's what we signed up for. We're, yeah. we're the, we're the level of government that is most accessible, accessible to this resident. Yeah. So that's where we, um, uh, get the yeah. inquiries. Yeah, it's it's tough. And so, uh, other other issues of of importance is housing, um, the affordability of housing, attainable housing. Um, downtown's going to be growing very. I think it's going to be a game changer. What the faucets and the Kelson Group are doing, um, uh, infill. Let's go up. Airspace is valuable. Where people want to live, play, and work uh, in a certain area. Sure, downtown's a place to be, vibrant communities. Uh, but some families and, and individuals want a yard. So they want, whether it's a big yard or small yard, they want something for their pet, their child. So they're looking at Campbell Creek or Pine Ridge. So yes, we are gonna grow out, but we're also as a city struggling. The city doesn't own a lot of land where we can ins give incentives to get builders to build affordable housing and maybe give them a break on land. We don't have that. Uh, land um, available to us. We're at the mercy of private landowners yep. and they're not releasing the land as fast as we want to. And in their, in their, you know, it, I get what their, their goal is, is release it a little bit at a time and keep the price of land high. So people bid on that, that piece. And then the builder bids on it and the prices yeah. go high. So for them, it's a great business opportunity for the person that's buying, downsizing, upsizing, it hurts them, and, and that's where we're stuck, not just here in Calumas, but everywhere. Jobs, we need to retain more jobs. I've always said we've got a state-of-the-art university, state-of-the-art trade school up there. We need to keep the students that, that finish their degrees um, in, in our community, in our surrounding communities, so we can rely on them um, uh, when we need them. Uh, there's there's a lot of uh, good things happening in our city. There'll be a big announcement tonight at the Blazers game. Um, we, we just got announced the uh, 2030 Olympics are going to be in Sun Peaks and Kamloops uh, as a training center. That's huge for Kamloops. Um, when we look at what we give uh, as a tournament capital brand, um, we spend a lot of money promoting our city. We do get a lot coming back. Um, before I before I became a counselor, I always thought, well, it only helps the hotel owners um, when we have tournaments. It only helps the bars and the restaurants. Um, you got to understand who works in those hotels. We do. Who works <laughs> in the bars and the hotels? Um, who drives the taxis? Um, who who supplies the food and the ice and the liquor and the napkins to those bars? It's a ripple down effect right to your neighbor that could be um, a benefit and could 
food on their table and get them to buy the high-end appliances of cars. So it's a huge, huge win when we get these high-end tournaments and we get we get these um, uh, we get these um, uh, projects built. The Kelton Group and the and the projects are going out. The Hives grand openings in two weeks, first commercial building in about twelve years that was built because we gave an incentive to uh, developers to build downtown. We get a lot of negative uh, feedback. Oh, you just help the rich people build a, a building. A perfect example: that parking lot generated ten thousand dollars a year in taxes. A parking yep. lot. Yeah. So in ten years, that generated a hundred thousand dollars to the city. That's nothing. That's nothing. <laughs> yeah. So now we've got the hive. Yeah. They're going to be tax-free for 10 years. Yeah. In 10 years, they will be paying over a million dollars in taxes. Yeah. All those businesses and the property there. Yeah. We're $900,000 ahead yeah. of what a parking lot would have generated. How is that a bad business decision on the city council? It's not. It's not. And you're facilitating more business and more opportunities to try and keep the young people that are graduating here in town. And it's, the tradespeople. And exactly. The trades, and everybody, right? Yeah. Like not only building it, but then off uh, for those offices afterwards yeah. and everything, right? It's just... It, the economic spinoff that just the last two years in building it to the Rick Kurzaks and the and Ronas and the tradespeople in our town that rented hotel rooms or houses yeah. and then bought groceries here, went to restaurants here. They've been living here for two years. That's a win, and the building's not even built yet. Yep. Like the tax incentive hasn't even kicked in yet. Yep. We're already ahead. It's huge. It's huge. And that, like, man, Bill, I love everything you're saying. <laughs> you know, um, one of the biggest questions that I'm wondering right now is, why only council? Why aren't you running for mayor, man? Because everything <laughs> you're saying is just resonating with me. I totally support I, it. I'm humbled, and I've, I'm going to be honest. I hear it throughout the, my daily uh, routines, and my wife's always with me. And it, it's humbling to be even considered. Uh, I'm, I'm a first-term counselor. I'm not a, I know, I, I guess it's a political seat, but I don't consider myself a politician. I consider myself a a, 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 a resident counselor. I, I got elected to be working and, and being their voice at city council and being their voice just to, to hear their concerns. And I want to continue that. It, it is a mayor on my, on, my, on my list of things to do? At this time, no. It, it's, it's gratifying to be even considered and people thinking about it. I'm still learning. Uh, I, I feel I can do more as a counselor on behalf of my residents at this time. What the future may hold, I don't know. But um, I thank you for 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 the kind words. Um, but I I think Bill Sry, the counselor, is is what I should do for another four years. I, I'll I'm going to talk to you through that four years, and I'm going to tell you every day. Mayor Sarai sounds so much better. <laughs> you know, I, you run for mayor and I'll run for council. I'll, I'll take your seat. You got it. Man, I think like. We could use a voice like yours at city council. I, th this is yeah. the reason why I really respect what you say is because I hate these career politicians because they bullshit and they won't really, they won't really take a side or a stance either way. And they'll just kind of walk the fence and try and please everybody. Right. But when you please, try and please everybody, you piss everybody off. Yeah. And there's no point. No, just say it as you as say you it can. as it is. Stand on the hill, what you believe in. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to make everybody happy. You're not going to you're, you're not going to make choices that 
everybody's happy with, but that's not why you got elected. And, and people that um, didn't even vote for me, didn't know me, have come up to me and said, you know, we didn't know nothing about you. You really uh, are doing a good job. And people that voted for me said, we knew, we knew that you were going to do what you did. And, and that's, that's gratifying. That's, I, I just need an opportunity to get a seat at that table yeah. and let me do the rest. And I hope, I hope I fulfilled, uh, I hope I fulfilled everybody that supported me. And I hope I, I answered the questions for the people that didn't support me the first time around that, you know what, you know, he is actually what he said he would do. hundred percent. Like I didn't know you prior to you getting into politics and we've met through some events here and there, but I just, I know your name. I know you a little bit and just through what other people tell me of you and how you've helped them, your reputation's unmatched in my mind in terms of all counselors. Right. And I feel like you're the top of the top. So uh, I, to me, you're a shoe in, but that doesn't mean that people don't need to get out and vote for you. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. And, and that's it, that. And I'll work my ass off in the campaign. I'll stand on every decision I made, um, whether people like it or not. There's a reason behind every decision. I yep. don't, I just don't put my hand up and down. I, I, I research things and there's going to be some, some tough decisions and I'm going to have to wear some negative shit. Yep. I'm okay with that. Yep. But there's a reason I voted that way that maybe affected a certain neighborhood or affected a certain business community. I'm, I'm, Am I okay with it? No. But at that time, the choice I made was the better of two. Yeah. And that's what I, and I'm okay with that. It's, you kind of have to dissociate yourself from the decision and just look at it objectively for the greater good. Exactly. And it doesn't matter what your personal beliefs are. It's just what is the best I like thing moving forward. Yep. And I have it sometimes in work too, where it's like, okay, what is the best thing for my clients? Yep. Right. It's not about me. It's about them, and it's the same thing for you. What's the best thing for your constituents? Well, and I hear you know on Facebook all the time, and I don't even answer to because I know what what the actual issue is. Yeah, let's put this shelter beside a counselor's office. Let's put this shelter at the mayor's in Juniper. I've got a shell. I've got a, a, a BC housing site, thirty five rooms for youth and elders, uh, three houses from my house. Yeah. Um, there's police show up there, ambulances shows up there, fire trucks show up there on, on a, on a, on a level of a, uh, emergency shelter. No, but I wear it. Yep. I, I, I know that there's good coming out of that shelter as well, yep. but I don't hide the fact that, Oh no, I only want it in someone else's neighborhood. It can't come in mine. And, and I don't, I don't work that way. Nope. If you're gonna, if you're gonna try to help a certain segment of the society, also got to hold that agency to to uh, to a standard higher than that if you're going to help these individuals then their their well-being and their rights should not supersede the residents and the business community beside you as well you you can't say oh those aren't my people they just came to visit if someone came to visit my house and they pissed and shit and broke a window on the way out at your neighbors they're going to be knocking on my door tomorrow and I'm responsible for my visitors. Yep. So the shelters have the same responsibility. They can't draw the line and said, Oh, they don't live here. They are just visiting. Yeah. It doesn't work that way in no. my book. No, definitely. Awesome, Bill. I think, um, we've covered quite a bit <laughs> for today. Do you have any, um, closing thoughts if people are listening right now or where can people find you either online or how can people get a hold of you? Well, right now I'm still on the city council, bsarai at camloose.ca. Um, I'm on the city website campaign officially doesn't start for another two and a half months official. Um, I'm very easily reached. I'm on Facebook. Uh, city hall's got all the contacts. I never 
not answer my phone. I sometimes, regrettably, sometimes I answer my phone. I also answer my phone cold. Yeah. I don't wait for the voicemail to come in yeah. to dissect the message and, and try to defend, oh, no, I got to find out this. I answer it, and if, if I don't know the answer, I am okay with saying, you know what, I don't know. Let me look into it for you. Yeah. I don't have to, look, you know, l- let it go to voicemail. And I take a lot of calls sometimes re- in, in, in stupidly, and I get yelled at and this and that because I don't have the answers. And that those are times I feel like, shit, I should have just let this go to voicemail and looked into it. But in, in defense, I tell the person, give me give me 24 hours. Yeah, I might not get staff to reach out to you, but I'll, I'll get it on the docket somewhere for someone to look into your concerns. Yeah. And and I, 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 I do that on a regular basis. Awesome. Bill, thank uh, you. You got my support, man. I appreciate it. For sure it. you do. For sure you do. I appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you on council next term. Thank you. Awesome. And I hope your listeners, um, you know, like what I say. And if there's any concerns or they, if they want to know what my vision is on certain issues moving forward for our city, feel free to reach out to me. I'll be at every forum in the campaign. And I will, like I said, I'll take a lot of heat for some of the decisions we make. But social issues, like you said, I totally agree. It's a big issue. It's been magnified. But it isn't the only issue that people are going to vote for a city council. You have to look at the long-term vision of what else our city is good and and good at and what do we need to do more of. And is this only a camless issue? So I'm telling all the listeners, and I'll say it in my forum, the pressure, if you want your city to change for social issues, then you need to get out and vote different MLAs or, or, or put pressure on your MLAs and your MPs in Ottawa that you represent from here that they need to do more for our community. That's the only places that this type of change is going to happen with our support. We will, we will back you up. We are backing up. We've asked for those things to change. But that's if, if it can be an election issue at those levels, that's where you see the changes happening. 100%. My man. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in today. If you like what you heard, show me some love on social media. If you know of anyone that we should feature here on the podcast, hit me up. Or if you know anybody that's looking to buy or sell real estate, drop my name.